Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast, supported by University College at Washington University. Offering approachable world-class education with undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Dr. Benjamin Ola Akande was recently named Senior Advisor to the Chancellor at Washington University and Director of the University's Africa Initiative. The African continent is complex and sometimes chaotic. In so many ways, it is more advanced than many of us in this country think, in others, it is far less so. The reality and potential of the continent have not escaped Washington University, hence the appointment of Nigerian-born Benjamin Akande to his position. He joins me in studio. Dr. Akande, wonderful to see you again. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Congratulations on the appointment. Thank you so much, and uh, I am excited to to join the the team and the good folks of WashU. And, you know, I've always looked at Washington University as a place on a hill. And um, when you're on a hill, you have a very interesting vantage point. Uh, the ability to see good, to see into the future, to see what's coming. Mm-hmm. And, and WashU has been very, very good at being able to anticipate the future, but more importantly, to meet it halfway. And so I am excited. I am honored um, to... Uh, to have the opportunity to to be to be at Washington. Why specifically the the attention and the interest in Africa at this time? Well, I I think um, Mark Wright and uh, as you know the, the visionary the leader of Chan- of Washu, um clearly understands and that um, that Africa is not just a destination or a place where we we hear about problems, but it's also a place of opportunity. And Washington University, being the world class institution that it is. As as had a focus on Africa uh, now for for many many years, and so what we're looking at here is essentially an opportunity to harness, to um, to focus our attention um, into the future. Um, and as you know, at, at WashU we have the McDonald International Scholar Academy uh, partnership with um, numerous universities. Um, uh, around the around the world, of, of which um, w- the one in Africa is with the University of Ghana, we we recently established a Department of African and African American Studies in Arts and Sciences, which was established to to enhance scholarships in the areas of race and ethnicity. Uh, and then we had the global global public health issues being addressed um, under the leadership of um, uh, Bill Powderly, again sort of with a with a keen focus on Africa. And then you've got the remarkable things going on with the likes of. Um, um, Lewis Wall, um, who is doing groundbreaking work in terms of the issue of fistula. I, I read an article um, this morning, um, New York Times article, um, that was written by Nicholas Kristof. Mm-hmm. And he, he referenced particularly Lewis Wall mm-hmm. <laughs> about the work that he was doing with the fistula center uh, in Danja, Niger, and which opened in 2012. And is currently working on the construction of a of a new fistula hospital uh, in Sorota, Uganda, and and he and the point that was made in the article is this: it, it was written in 2012 on, on Mother's Day, and it was talking about the fact that while America is spending millions and billions of dollars buying flowers, that there's a place, there's an individual that are that are making huge difference in saving lives, mm-hmm. and um, and and referencing you know the likes of of uh, Lewis Wall as one of the leaders of that movement, uh, a, a very distinguished um, Washington University 
uh, professor in the medical school. You know, Americans don't really seem to know very much about Africa. I think it's one of the places in the world. And, you know, it's a continent. It's huge. And there is so much going on there now. But it just seems to me that most Americans kind of let let it go. Well, they, they, they let it go because it's far away. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when somewhere is far away, you, you tend to look at it from an exotic perspective and you don't, you don't see it more as a, as a reality. And I'm going to tell you that the movie, um, The Black Panther, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. sort of brought renewed interest in, in Africa. And, and the way I saw it as, as an African essentially is that how can we enable – um, the ideals and, and the ideas that are espoused in that movie to become a reality. You know, a, a place that has fully embraced technology as the currency of, of the future, um, a marketplace for diversity of technology and culture, a, a continent that is free of, of deadly infectious disease, AIDS, Ebola, laser fever, HIV, AIDS, you know, a, 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 a place where conservation becomes part of the, the day-to-day and hydropower energy, geothermal plants, wind turbines, solar panels. Um, that, that, you know, Black Panther gave us a very clear picture of what the future could be for Africa. And I, and I think Washington University recognizes this more than ever. And, and it, is, it, is, it is looking to have a big impact, uh, to continue to have a big impact on on the continent. And the film also inspired a great many African Americans who suddenly find themselves being looked at somewhat differently because of this movie. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, um, we, we have those moments and those uh, important movies in our times, in our lifetimes, that, that educate uh, and also inspire. And, and essentially, that's, that's what Black Panther did for so many people. And it, it also speaks to just the opportunity for the next generation as to what is possible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Don, the reality is that Africa still faces some interesting challenges. Uh, there was a Brookings Institute study that was released just a couple of days ago where the demographics uh, predicts that the number of young people in sub-Saharan Africa will double to 400 million by 2050. Uh, and in Nigeria, my own country, uh, the number will, will more than double from less than 35 million to about 80 million. And, and then by 2100... Half of the world's youth will live in Africa. Wow. That's 50% of the young people oh, wow. in the world. And, and theoretically, <laughs> you, you, this, this is huge in terms of start thinking about the, the pervasive impact that it's going to have. And then beginning in 2035, the number of young people um, reaching working age in Africa would exceed that of the rest of the world combined and, and will continue every year for the rest of the, um, of the century. And then by 2050... One in every four humans on the surface of the earth will be African. And, 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 and that, that, for me, speaks clearly as to why we need to pay attention. I was just going to say, that's, that's <laughs> why we need to pay attention, no question <laughs> about it. Absolutely. Africa also has a, a few spots, as you well aware, that uh, are problematic. You know, I think of al-Shabaab and I think of Boko Haram and I think of some of the, the terrorist things going on there. Make it a place that some people fear because of these growing numbers and the fact that it's unsettled in some places. You're right. It's, um, it is the part of the African narrative that um, – that kind of chases people away. Mm-hmm. Um, Boko Haram, you know, you, we, I've been here on this on this on your radio station, on yes. the radio show, to talk about to mm-hmm. talk about this a few years ago. It it it, it's, it goes away and then it comes back. 
Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a major challenge as well as the Al-Sabaab as well. But, you know, I, I have to say this. I said that the problem in Africa is not one that is not solvable, um, whether it's through leadership, whether it's through finding consensus, uh, whether it's through uh, a strategic focus, um, whatever exists now that is serving as a, as a distraction uh, offers an opportunity for us to, to come together and find a way to resolve it. And I, I'll give you an example. Um, more than half of African youth right now are unemployed, underemployed, mm-hmm. or inactive. And when you have that level of unemployment, that's when you start thinking, what do we do with our time? Mm, yeah. <laughs> How do we get engaged in things that probably may not be really meaningful? Mm-hmm. And, and so what we've got to do is to find areas to focus where we can have a significant impact. And, and I think that's, that's what's happening at Washington University. And, and it's pervasive across the institution. Um, you know, when you, when you think, for instance, of um, Gary Wells, um, doing a remarkable job with his research on river blindness mm. and elephantiasis. The, the, these, are, these are diseases that have cut people's lives short. You know, a, a couple of years ago, I was home with my kids, and we were walking around, and I, I, I took him to hospitals. I took, took them to motherless children's homes. We, we visited the marketplace, and... I wanted to expose them to the place I grew up. And the reality that one of the challenges in Africa is that most young people don't get a chance to grow old. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. Yeah. But more importantly, it's, it's, it's overcomable. My daughter was in the Peace Corps in Africa. She was in Lesotho and taught uh, AIDS orphans. And the story she tell were just heartbreaking about uh, there it is so pervasive what kind of progress is being made in that area i know that health initiatives are part of what you're going to be dealing with well you know we we're finding out that um hiv essentially has been contained uh, we, it is now it's now a manageable disease as opposed to a catastrophe um and and has been done through interventions that washington university's faculty have played critical roles. But more importantly, we're, we're seeing and identifying new problems mm-hmm. that are even more pervasive and have more of a bigger impact than AIDS. And one, one example that comes to mind is my talking to Dr. Victor Davila, a cardiologist, who, who, who shared with me the fact that um, the biggest problem in Africa is in HIV. The biggest problem, which, which touches almost 80% of, of the deaths that we have in Africa annually, it's hypertension. Hypertension. Yes, sir. And, and the reality is that he believes and his work demonstrates that it can be addressed and it can be, it can be overcome. And so when you look at the dynamics of the problems and you look at the solutions, and I think that's what Washington University has been focused on. I want to get specific on some of these things in a moment. But before we take a break – well, maybe I ought to take that break now. We'll take the break and come back. And I want to get specific and also talk about leadership in Africa. We'll do that in just a moment. My guest is Dr. Benjamin Akundi. We're talking about Washington University's Africa Initiative. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.
Welcome back to our conversation about Washington University's Africa Initiative with Dr. Benjamin Akande. Yeah, we'll talk specifics in a moment, as I indicated earlier, Dr. Akande, but what about the overall leadership in Africa today? We read many stories of uh, problems of corruption and change, and uh, this can be unsettling, obviously. It is, and, and um, leadership in, in Africa has, has been one of the, the biggest challenges that the continent has faced, not because we don't have good leaders. It's because we don't have good leaders leading the countries. <laughs> and we have what we call sit-tight dictators who who come with um, great ideas 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, and they're still running the countries. They become mm-hmm. presidents for life. But I think there's a wave of, of transformation taking place. As we know, what occurred in Zimbabwe. And um, what occurred in Zimbabwe um, sent a message clearly to the rest of the continent that the days of sit that seat-tight dictators may be coming to an end. And then, of course, just nearby in South Africa, uh, the changes that occurred there where um, the, the, the people rose and said, no, we, we need accountability and, um, and made changes. And, and so I, I believe that we have a new wave, a wave of accountability um, where they're looking for honest brokers. They're looking for new ideas. And you see the example of the pre- prime minister of Ethiopia, um, you know, who's 41, 42, uh, who is who is making dynamic moves when he announced the privatization of of the airline and and the utility industry? And I think the rest of Africa is now watching that. Uh, I and and I think you, we're going to start to see an impact of that. What specifically can an institution like Washington University do to deal with some of these issues, the health issues that we've already talked about? Uh, there are economic issues, there, there are education issues across the board. What can this university do to? to help deal with them? Well, and that's, that is the great question because we, to have direct impact. I'll give you, just give a quick, quick example. In the Brown School of Social Work, um, uh, one of the top, um, of the top um, social work school in the country, you, you have Dr. Fred Siwamala, whose work focused on developing and testing innovative family-based economic empowerment and social protection interventions to, to essentially improve long-term developmental outcomes for young people. Essentially, what he's looking at is how can we get children and youths in sub-Saharan Africa specifically to set up accounts, bank accounts, that would enable them to be able to go to high school and then after high school to consider the options of using some of this money for startup microenterprise activities. And he's, he's based this study in Uganda and, and it's, it's having a huge impact uh, already. And this is just an example of a direct intervention on the continent. And then you've got such initiatives under the leadership of Dr. Shanti Parke, uh, Department of Anthropology and African, African-American Studies at WashU, where she's developed a pipeline for graduate and undergraduate students to engage in interdisciplinary research and community health projects in eastern central Uganda with the aim of improving gender inequalities and, uh, and health outcomes in that particular area. So this is just samples of some of the big impact work that is being done by, by WashU. WashU is in about 25 African countries, mm-hmm. um, touching directly and indirectly over a billion people. That, for me, is is significant. Let me go back to those bank accounts for just a moment. You, I, I want to be sure that I understood. Uh, 
you have to have money to open a bank account. Uh, are we providing the money for these young people to get this start? Well, they're doing it through um, work in terms of um, using established businesses in, in those countries to generate income and to generate revenue within the entities itself. And, and I think the, the creativity of Washu's work is not simply transferring money from here over there. It's essentially enabling the creation of projects from within. Um, and I think that that's, that's what's making it more sustain, sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it, and, of course, they're supported by the National Institute of Health. They're supported by significant foundational funds that, that enables us to plant a seed that could germinate into sustainability for the long term. And that would include entrepreneurship, I'm Absolute, sure. Absolutely. And, and again, we're, we're doing work in Madagascar mm-hmm. uh, in the area of entrepreneurship and, and also how we can, we can have entrepreneurship capacity at the same time preserve this remarkable um, institution, I mean, countries where you've got, you know, unique animals and unique ecosystems that only you can find them there. And so it's these kinds of initiatives that I think it's it's making the African initiative such a a worthy um, um, venture. And if you get the kids, if you get the young people, the rest takes care of itself pretty much. If you get them young, um, you can can have a pervasive impact um, in the long run, and that's, that's essentially... That's, that's the truth. Plenty to talk about, but uh, Cynthia is calling us from Chesterfield. She wants to get into this conversation, so let's bring her in. Cynthia, you're on the air. Hey, thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, this has been a fascinating conversation. Um, thank you. Um, you spoke about the new interest in Africa because of the Black Panther movie and how great it would be to get others involved uh, with the values that the movie um, put forward about things like global health. Um, in that movie, we saw the characters directly addressing the UN. And I'm with an anti-poverty advocacy organization called Results. Uh, we work with uh, one, a WashU student, in fact, and we are working on influencing an upcoming high-level UN meeting coming up about tuberculosis uh, that can greatly and positively affect the uh, health of Africans. And it would be wonderful to partner together to get students and others involved in civic actions that are pretty simple but could have such a global impact. Just a suggestion, would love to partner with you. We would, and please, ma'am, if you can, uh, reach out to me at Benjamin Akande, that's one word, um, um, at wasu.edu, that's W-U-S-D-L.edu, and we would welcome the opportunity to engage you. Um, you know, one of the key things about this institution that I, I just have, have really love is the, the commitment to students. Uh, and the commitment to empowering them so that they can uh, they can go forward and have an impact. Clearly, that that is that is the uh, that is the reason why we're here. And I would welcome the opportunity to have a conversation with you about this. Love uh, it. We'll be in touch later. Thank you, Thank C- you. Cynthia. Um, stand by. We we'll, I'll let you know that we'll put that address on our website so that uh, if you didn't get it all, you can get it that way. If you hold on the line, we'll give uh, one of our screeners. We'll give you the information right now. Okay. I hope she heard me. Maybe she's maybe she's gone. I think she did. Let's talk more about partnerships. What what uh, I understand what the good all of what we're talking about will do for Africa and for Africans. What about for us? What what does the community get out of this? Our well, community. Well, you know, one of the one of the groundbreaking research that is taking place in in Africa and in, in the, the various areas that we're, we're researching is not just for. Um, for Africans, it's it's also being done to to find a way to to benefit um, the work here in the United States. And and I 
I, I think I, one example that comes to mind is the one the work being done by um, um, uh, Brad um, Rosette uh, in the medical school, in which he is he is studying the impact of the environment on on various diseases and and in particularly Alzheimer's, and and the work that he's doing in South Africa is consequently going to benefit um, great revelations um, on that particular. Um, challenge that we face, which is, which is, you know, many Americans are 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 facing that, and so the transferability of research uh, from our work in Africa is is also a very compelling reason why uh, the continent becomes a major issue. And when we when we studied HIV in Africa, the the reason we we were focused there was that there was a preponderance of cases there, and so to be able to to have the breakthroughs that we have there. And being able to then come back and share that and utilize that in dealing with the disease here in the United States um, is part of that transferability for which you know research on the continent is so critical. It really and it expands the database. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You, you are charged with developing a strategic plan for all of this. I, I know you've only been on this job for a couple of weeks, but but where are you? What kind of shape do you think that will take? Well, what I'm finding out is good. Um, what I'm finding out is that Washington University, uh, as a global institution, is in more than 25 countries in Africa. Mm-hmm. What I'm finding out is that um, the institution um, has, has set some very significant um, uh, stretch goals um, to to address issues um, that are um, that have not been addressed for many many years that are going to lead to major breakthroughs. And so we're doing an inventory right now. Of, of all the work that we're, we're currently in at WashU in Africa. And that inventory will probably further reveal the extensive knowledge and how impactful we're having in Africa. But then it will then al- allow us to be able to think more strategically moving into the future as to how we're going to align our, our processes, how we're going to create synergies between the different areas of research in the Brown School and the medical school and, and anthropology at WashU and the business school and, and taking advantage of, of the remarkable breakthroughs that we have in our engineering school um, that, that's solving issues on the environment, on water, and how that can be transferable also to the continent. And I think that at the end of the process, uh, I think we'll, be, we'll have a more focused strategy about how to, how to contain um, and how to approach Africa moving forward. Now going back to Cynthia's call, uh, are you looking for commercial partners, perhaps, to become involved, or is it simply be the academic uh, institution? No, I, I think the commercial partners are critical because as we have breakthroughs, um, we, in, in order to have sustainability, uh, we need to be able to hand those off to ensure that you know, people are not just making money, but the importance of them doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, because for us, um, you know, we're not driven by this by just the the, the money that we're we're looking to make. No, that's not our charge. Our charge is to have a big impact, and and but to move it forward to create a level of sustainability for the Africans themselves. We would be you know looking for partners, both governmental and private sector, and um, and even non-governmental partners to to be able to make sure that at the end of the day, uh, once we have. Um, you know, we've, we've finished the projects that, that the work is not finished. Mm. You're born in Nigeria. Uh, I'm sure a lot of this is very personal to you. Uh, you, you return there to see your, your parents uh, fr- from time to time. I what do. would your own personal priorities be? You know, 
I when you when you set out in life professionally, you've got these goals. And I mean, my initial goal was to be a professor, and I, I wanted to be dean. Okay. I wanted to be president, and I've had the opportunity to do all those three. Mm-hmm. But there was one goal that kind of eluded me, and that is the ability to be able to give back to the place mm-hmm. that I'm from, uh, and to be able to have an impact. And I, I see this as a calling of sorts, uh, an opportunity for me to be able to to look at the continent and to be at an institution that has the intellectual capacity and the resources and the focused directive to want to have an impact that, that's just not pervasive in Africa, but an impact that could have a transferability to the United States. And, and I haven't lived in this country for 38 years. And now that I have, I have grown kids, um, I, 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 get to, I, I think I got the best job in the world. Uh, a, a chance to have an impact from where I'm from and, it, and an impact for where I am. And, and that, um, that makes me sleep better at night, Don. Is, is there a timetable for achieving some of these goals that we've been talking about? But some of these goals are already being achieved in terms of the research and breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the collaboration and, and sort of setting a strategic plan, our, our goal is to, to spend a couple of months to, to put that out. And, and once we've developed that, I think clearly we'll be able to, um, um, to, to, be able to, to be able to shape our strategy as an institution moving forward. So we're, we're looking at a couple of months to try to, to harness all those things that are taking place at WashU. Mm. I, I have the sense that you are newly energized as a result of this. <laughs> <laughs> I am. And, you know, it's, um, I'm energized and I'm, I'm happy. And I, I'm looking forward to, uh, to working with the great team at WashU. Um, and I got to tell you, that team is special. Um, their, their commitment to excellence and their single focus on making a difference, um, it's nothing like I've seen anywhere I've been. And, and that, that energizes me a lot. Glad to hear that and glad to have you back in St. Louis, uh, having spent uh, a little time in, in Fulton, Missouri recently. It's great to see you, and we wish you the best. Keep us posted on all of this now. It's, a, it's an important story. I will. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Dr. Benjamin Akandi for being with us. He is the senior advisor to the chancellor and director of the Africa Initiative at Washington University. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.